What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. Powered, as you know, by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. Is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Vaughn Miller is once again hosting his pass-rushing summit, this time to take place in the fine and fair city of Las Vegas. Yep, Vaughn Miller is coming to Sin City. Uh, he's having his pass rushing summit at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas on June 1st. That's right in between when OTAs end for the Broncos on the 31st of May, and they have a mini camp on June 4th through 6th. So he's squeezing it in there. It's always a great event, Chad. It's a who's who of NFL legends and stars. It's a great uh, thing that Vaughn puts on, so I'm excited to see what happens from it. It's funny because the fan in me, it's kind of irrational. But when he first started doing this, the fan in me was like, no, don't share your knowledge, dude. Like, don't give the <laughs> opponents and, and whatnot like an edge. Don't share your, your the knowledge. Blueprint. But in all honesty, it's it's actually a massive uh, – I, I wouldn't necessarily say a boon to the Broncos, but it's a massive um, sign, uh, overture, whatever you want to call it, that he is like upper-class NFL royalty. You know, it's the type of yeah. thing that – the all-time greats do you know they want to share the wealth they want to get together they want to teach they want to edify and uplift including all of their uh you know opponents and rivals across the nfl so it's kind of it's like the type of thing that for example peyton manning you know you could imagine peyton manning do bringing people together even though he's probably too competitive to do that you know for the nfl letting anyone in on his secrets but he'll do it with the young kids in the manning passing academy of course would he mentor them, Chad? Ooh, that's a good yeah. question. And that kind of <laughs> ties into what, what our conversation earlier this week about Joe Flacco not being, you know, uh, crazy about mentoring one Drew Locke because Peyton Manning wasn't exactly the most passionate teacher for the likes of Jim Sorge and, and Brock Osweiler. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to get that dig in there real quick. But in terms of the pass rushing summit, it's it's a good look that a Denver Bronco is hosting it. And it's a good look that a Denver Bronco is Von Miller, who's one of the best in the NFL and, and a future Hall of Famer. The only worry that I had when he started dealing with Chad was, I hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, you hear about all these freak injuries. It's, it's something that's not sanctioned by the team. Uh, the Chiefs did it with Patrick Mahomes. They had him stop playing pickup basketball games. As long as he doesn't get hurt, it's just a great look for the Broncos, and it's a fun event for NFL fans and uh, players alike. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hats off to Vaughn. Hopefully they can, being that it's in Vegas, they can, you know, tear themselves away from the 
the allure of the strip, so to speak, the Las Vegas strip to focus on shop, you know, and get that done. But we uh, have a lot to get to today. We're going to go through and we are going to critique and kind of offer our own thoughts on a way too early Denver Broncos 53-man roster prediction along with practice squad prediction. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. But before we do, guys, just a quick reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. And then don't forget to leave your creative review and rate the show on iTunes. Zach and I appreciate that more than you could ever know. Give us that five-star rating. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, so here we are. I mean, OTAs are going on. The Broncos, not a lot going on, I guess, specifically on on Wednesday. But even though there appears to be football activity going on in Dove Valley, I think you could agree with me here that just the, the last day or so has kind of been dead on the wire. Yeah, I mean, the practices, are, uh, there's three this week, only one's open to the media. So even though we have availability with press conferences, it's just radio silence right now in Dove Valley. So once again, we're going into look-ahead mode, right? We're going into projection, prediction mode. And what better way to do that than making a 53-man roster prediction? And our uh, good buddy, Eric Trickle, who took some time off following the draft. He's a maniac, and he puts in ridiculous amounts of hours into scouting the the NFL draft class each and every year. And with the the, the draft being in the books a couple weeks back, he's taken some much-needed time to himself. But he returned with authority on Wednesday to drop a way too early 53-man roster prediction. So what Zach and I are going to do on the show for you guys today is we're going to go through Trickle's prediction and offer you our assessment if if we agree, if we disagree, if so where, and uh, see kind of how this thing's shaping up, see who the front runners are. And believe it or not, even though it's just OTAs and we're nowhere near even to training camp yet in the preseason there are front runners, right? We know who the who the shoe wins are <clears throat> on both sides of the ball, but those fringe and bubble players, their front runners have already begun to emerge. So we're going to go through and dissect this. And Zach, we'll start with quarterbacks. Now Trickle has, and and here's the question, right? The Broncos, ever since they gave that money to Brett Rippon, and uh, of course they re-signed Kevin Hogan before the draft. There's a lot of question as to whether or not the Broncos are planning on just rolling with three quarterbacks this year on the on the active roster and. It wouldn't be the first time if if the Broncos were to do that under John Elway as a front office czar. But here's what Eric Trickle has. He's got the Broncos not carrying three. They're going to only carry two in his estimation. And, of course, no surprise, it would be Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. Do you think he's wrong on that? Because to me, I still think, you know, it depends on the on the, the roster math. We'll get to more of that here in just a minute. But I still think there's a, a better-than-average shot that Brett Rippon finds a way onto this practice squad. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's all or assured. Of a pra- Excuse me, I'm sorry. I, I think he's assured of a practice squad spot, but to get on the active roster, it would depend, of course, if they keep three. I don't know if they go to though. I definitely agree that bar- barring anything unforeseen and Drew Locke just falling on his face here, he's not going to lose his competition to Kevin Hogan. So two quarterbacks on the active roster, I could see that. 
I would prefer three if only just to secure Rippon and not have another team steal him just to have him on the roster for those kind of benefits. But if they only keep two, I'm with Trickle here. Uh, it'll be Flacco and Locke. Now, it's the early stages of OTAs, so take it kind of with a grain of salt. But the reviews so far on Brett Rippon have not been stunning. But this is one of those things where Rich Gangarello coveted Rippon, in a sense, for a reason. You know, that four-year starter, we heard him talk about that earlier this week. And they gave him that money for a reason. Now, maybe the the whole point was to try and find a way to sneak him onto the active roster or the practice squad. Geez, I got that switch twice now. But if that's the case, though, they're going to have to hope that they either hide him in the preseason or that no other team suffers some kind of quarterback crisis and comes knocking. Or he's just so bad in the preseason that no team wants him. I mean, that would be, I guess, a best-case scenario. Uh, Ultimately, though, as much as I would want three, Chad, I think they'll go to – uh, just because they need that spot for another position like tight end or defensive line. And these two make the most sense here. As much as I like Rippon, he has some more work to do. And I think they can, if they can sneak him onto the practice squad, they can still develop him there. So I think that's the best route to go. For me, I can't quite disagree with Trickle, but I can't agree with him either. This is just one of those positions. And it won't be like this with every position we're going to talk about today. But this is one of those positions where there's just, for me, there's not quite yet anywhere near enough information with which to analyze and make a prediction. Right, let's, go to the, let's go to the running backs, though. This one's a little bit more solid, and, and we're including here the fullback uh, position. Trickle's got him carrying four. To wit, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker, and, of course, Andy Janovich. Now, there are... Other guys vying for a roster spot, including undrafted rookies, Devontae Jackson, and also, uh, the f- I, I'm not sure if he's an undrafted rookie this year or if he's going into his first year, uh, Kalfani Muhammad. And then, of course, Andy Janovich has a little competition at fullback with the undrafted rookie from Pitt, George Aston, who's got like a massive moose neck. So four running backs, you know, really three running backs plus a fullback, Depending on how the other roster math shakes out, I this is one I think that is probably going to end up being right on the nuts. Yeah, this is one of the easier ones to predict, Chad. Between the injuries and and the well-rounded stable you have here and, and the production that you have here, uh, it's just it, it's a no-brainer. That's the, one of the best ground games in the NFL altogether with that fullback in Janovich. So I, I don't have any disagreement. They will carry these players onto the 53. Now we start getting into more interesting territory here with the wide receiver position because. On paper, on the surface, the Broncos have four guys that are, I think you could call them near locks to make, well, a couple of locks and then maybe two more near locks. And depending on whether or not, and Trickle writes this in the article, the Broncos choose to carry five or six wide receivers will end up, you know, shaping the intrigue surrounding this position. And a lot of that's going to have to do, of course, too, Zach, with who ends up kind of leading in the clubhouse for the returner position. But here's who Trickle has. First of all, he's got the Broncos carrying six wide receivers this season. And here's who he's got. Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. Those are the no-brainers. Followed by Brendan Langley and Juwan mm. Winfrey, this year's six-round pick. So guys that are also pushing, you know, if, if Trickle's prediction were to shake out correctly, River Craycraft would be on the outside looking in amongst other guys like Kelvin McKnight, who's also kind of an interesting dual guy that you could use as a receiver, but also, you know, with some return ability. I mean, I agree with everyone here. It's pretty much a no-brainer, but Brendan Langley, I I know he's making this conversion and he has the speed and all, and he played wide receiver in the past, but I just... 
it, it's I can't see him on the 53. I think there's going to be either a surprise here among the bunch. I do like uh, Trinity Benson. If they want a pure burner, he might surprise in training camp. There's always that one guy. But they have that role covered to me between Sanders and Noah Fant. They have that burner, and they have the possession receivers. If they go six, I can't agree on Langley at this point, but I do agree with the rest. For what it's worth, Trickle says that he has picked up some information that the that Broncos coaches so far have been pleased and impressed with Langley's transition to wide receivers. So this is – I'm with you on this, that I can agree with five out of the six. I'm not 100% sure yet, obviously, whether or not it's going to be six receivers and not five. But if they do end up carrying six, I'm with you on this, Zach, that I'm not sure Brandon Langley ends up being that guy. However, it does make a lot of sense because of, I mean, draft pedigree – and he's a guy that's got a lot of experience with the team. But at the same time, we flip that coin. John Elway cut him, let's not forget, last he summer. Also, and, and Carlos Henderson, who was a third-round pick. So he has yep. no problem giving up on high-round draft picks. So the onus is on Langley to prove his worth. And if he's going full mode, you know, I'm an offensive player, I'm a weapon, then he's really going to have to create value, additional value for himself as a returner. So yep. this is one of those things, Zach, where – if he impresses and handles his business as a receiver, and then also, I think, creates additional value by being a good returner, I could see this shaking out that way. But River Cravecraft, it's going to be hard to cut him. And Trinity Benson, Kelvin McKnight, those guys are going to push. That's a great point. His clearest path to the roster is through special teams. If he locks down a returner spot, obviously he's locked into the roster as a receiver. Uh, but it's it's to me, it's just way too soon in the process. Last thing on the same topic, not to beat it to death, but he'll still be able to be that gunner. There's value there too, right? If, right. if maybe he doesn't you know, lock down in one of the returner positions, he could still, and even if he does lock down a returner position, he could go on the field on punts and kickoffs and chase down the ball carrier. So we'll uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But, yeah, those bottom two spots on the depth chart, they're open for competition. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Now let's look at tight end. Trickle's got the Broncos, no surprise, carrying four. Noah Fant, Jeff Hireman, Jake Butt, and Troy Fumagalli. And I think, Zach, before I serve this over to you, you know, this is assuming health. I mean, all of this, right? This is assuming guys like Emmanuel Sanders bounce back, Ronald Leary, who we'll talk about here in a minute, Jake Butt. Troy Fumagalli is basically healthy now, but Jake Butt's one of those guys that you have to question and, and kind of keep your fingers crossed and hope he can find a way to stay on the field with those, you know, that additional procedure he had done when they scoped his knee to create those notches and open them up so there's not so much friction on his ACL. Yeah, I mean, if they carry two quarterbacks, they can free up a spot where they carry four tight ends. And if they do, these these are the, the shoe-ins, obviously. I'm still, I don't know, I'm not 100% convinced they're going to carry four on the 53. It just seems like a lot. And you have your 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 number one tight end fan, your first round pick. You have a, a developmental guy in Fumagalli. You don't know what you have in Jake, but he's the, he's the, the wild card to me, Chad. I mean, three ACL tears. I just, he has to show it to me first before he's locked into a roster spot. But if they do carry four, obviously, uh, these are the guys. And that's fair. That's absolutely fair. The other thing to keep in mind with regard to the number of tight ends the Broncos end up carrying is that, again, you go back and watch any of the Niners film last year, obviously they use the tight end a lot between the 20s, but especially in the red zone, the one trend I picked up on very quickly is that they liked to use two tight end sets in the red zone. And so, you know, if that's, if you're, if that's going to be one of your – go-tos or one of your hits 
you're going to want to have some bodies there on the depth chart. So um, this is one I think I'll, I'll, on the surface, Zach, I'll agree with Trickle. Those four guys in that same number four. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. It's a well-rounded bunch. You have some pass catchers, you have some blockers, you have some inline guys. If they can all stay healthy, they can add another element to this offense with Joe Flacco. Okay, here's where it gets more interesting. We get to the offensive line. Now, in the article, he has it broken down between offensive tackle and then, of course, interior. But I'm just going to go ahead and list the names. He's got the Broncos carrying nine. Garrett Bowles, Jawan James, and Jake Rogers are mm. the tackle prospects or tackle players or whatever, followed by the interior guys being Dalton Reisner, Ronald Leary, Connor McGovern, Elijah Wilkinson, Sam Jones, and Austin Schlotman. Now, there's no one really obvious that's kind of out on, out in the cold on this particular projection, with the exception of, of course, he, and it's not, I actually edited this out of the article, but he had Nico Fala making the roster before he suffered that injury. So, Taking his place, Zach, is Austin Schlotman. You know, I will agree that I think they're going to beef up on linemen on the roster. But between all the uncertainty and the injuries and all the new moving parts and Mike Munchak's recommendations, they will beef it up there. I don't know too much about Jake Rogers, though. That's the only question mark I have. The other guys are fine. The other guys are locks to me. But uh, uh, among the bunch, if there's a dark horse, I will side with Trickle and his scouting on Rogers and defer to that. Yeah, the guys that are also pushing, I guess, that's – going to compete for that swing tackle spot are guys like uh who, who's he got here he's got Quinn Bailey I think um there's oh and the uh, John Leglu the undrafted rookie so there's there's a few players in the uh in the battle Bailey amongst them who could make this interesting but he likes Jake Rogers because here's why he is a former seventh round pick of the Falcons in 2015 and when that pick was made by the Falcons, Rich Scangarello was Atlanta's offensive quality control coach. And mm. so since then, you know, Rodgers has bounced around the NFL quite a bit. Denver's officially the eighth team he's been with, but he has a little bit of pedigree tying back in history with Scangarello, which might help him not only in terms of familiarity, at least with kind of coaching techniques, maybe. I mean, we don't know that for sure. We don't know how involved after all, that Scangarello really wasn't coaching. But there's at least some familiarity there, which might give him a little bit of a leg up. Yeah, and we know based on the draft that if Scangarello or, or Munchak, you know, pounds the table for them, Elway will listen and, and keep him on the roster. So that's a good point. All right, we still have the defense and the special teams to get to. We're also going to talk about the guys that Trickle has early earmarked for the practice squad. First, though, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, let's jump to the other side of the ball, starting with the defensive line. Eric's got him taking six players into the regular season. They are Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris, Adam Gotsis, Draymond Jones, Zach Kerr, and on the outside looking in is Demarcus Walker. In his place, Deshaun Williams. Your thoughts? I I would personally carry Demarcus Walker unless he just bombs in training camp or the preseason. I don't see how you give up on a second round draft pick, regardless of the scheme fit, without seeing what he can truly do for one year at least under competent coaching. As much as Deshaun Williams, apparently there's someone in the organization that likes him. I would not cut Demarcus Walker over him. The rest of the guys I'm good with though. It's going to be really interesting to see how Walker responds to Vic Fangio because. You know, I think it's safe to say that he hasn't done well so far, and this this is a little bit of an indictment on him under the coaching of Bill Kalar. Now, Bill Kalar 
He's a very polarizing coach. His players, most of the time, they come around to love him. But especially off the bat, it's either love or hate with Bill Kolar for his players. And I think the kind of living legend, um, you know, mentality, a little bit of an entitlement attitude from Demarcus Walker has, and it's just not quite jived with Bill Kolar and his, his coaching. So hopefully, I mean, my hope is, I mean, the Broncos made a second round pick investment in this kid. Right. I'm hoping that Vic Fangio can come in and salvage him through scheme. You know, that's the, that's the only thing, uh, salvage him through scheme. And then also just kind of a spiritual, uh, emotional awakening and a reality check that, dude, you're only two years removed from being a second round pick in the NFL and the team that drafted you, you're literally in, on, in the conversation to be cut. Time to shape up and let's go. Because, you know, Vic Fangio's scheme, it is more friendly to a kind of a weird tweener like Demarcus Walker. He, he's he's going to find a place in this scheme. It's just a matter of, Zach, does he, has he finally kind of grown, maybe grown up a little? Has he kind of focused himself between the years? I mean, even if you get just some third down quarterback pressure from him, that's, you know, that's production. That's that can register on the statute that can help the Broncos. But I mean, drafting Draymond Jones, who is a, a rich man's version of Demarcus Walker, who fits the scheme better. That was kind of an indictment. If he flames out Walker and they cut him, I'd rather the Broncos just carry five defensive linemen and free up a roster spot elsewhere. All those guys are kind of inter- interchangeable in Fangio's scheme. So that's one spot where I want to see things play out, too. Now, last year, the Broncos carried a whopping six inside linebackers on the active roster coming out of training camp. This year, he's got six outside linebackers, does Eric Trickle, with the Broncos carrying on the active roster. He's got the Broncos keeping Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Jeff Holland, and then asterisks next to the names of Justin Hollins and Dakota Watson because they can also both of whom play inside. And then the undrafted rookie, Malik Reed. Now we'll get to the roster math. You know, we might as well talk about it now. Off-ball linebacker, he's got the Broncos carrying only three, which include Josie Jewell, Todd Davis, and Joseph Jones, the special Mm. teams maven. So in total, you're carrying nine linebackers into the regular season, even though on the surface, Zach, six of those edge defenders, you know, um, there's six edge defenders, but two of those guys can also, in theory, swap over and play a little off-ball if needed. Yeah, I would not carry six, and not these six. I, I was not the biggest Dakota Watson fan chat, and I wasn't crazy about his, uh, you know, reacquirement to Denver. It just you, you can't carry six and then carry three pure inside linebackers because you're experimenting with Wat- with Watson and Hollins at inside linebacker. I just uh, Malik Reed to me as the sixth guy, they just have an embarrassment of riches there, and I think between Miller and Chubb and Holland and Hollins, how many more do you need? I'd rather them put that uh, spot elsewhere and hopefully, you know, sneak it onto the uh, the practice squad. And, and yeah. Watson, to me, can play inside linebacker if he wants full time. I just would uh, even that a little more. I would carry maybe five and four, something yeah. like that. I agree with that. I think Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Jeff Holland, Dakota Watson. Even though he does have experience playing off ball in Tampa Bay, it's been a lot of years since a, a team, an NFL team, played in there. I think the Broncos, just like in 2016, I think they envisioned Dakota Watson on the edge. So those are your four rotational outside linebackers. Then you get Justin Hollins, who can kind of switch between the two. Hollins at least gives you four off-ball linebackers and an occasional edge rusher for depth. I'm with you on Malik Reed. Like, 
I don't know. I guess we just got to see something from him. You know, it's just too early in the process for you and I to have much of an evaluation on Malik Reed. But if he goes into the preseason and against second and third team offensive lines is just stacking up the sacks, then maybe it becomes a conversation. But I'm kind of with you where I see Reed as maybe in the best case scenario following a similar suit as Jeff Holland. Where right. maybe he does well in the preseason, but not quite enough. The Broncos wave exactly. him, sign him to the practice squad, and then if there's a need late in the season, you call him up. Yeah, that was exactly my point when you were describing Reed. If, even if he has a good preseason, they just have too many bodies in front of him right now. And in terms of Hollins, I'm not even crazy about the Broncos splitting up his duties. I'd rather him just stick to one position than learn two and like the Demarcus Walker thing. So I would much prefer him stick to one position, whether that be inside or outside, and just even out these uh, the, the both spots. It's just too top-heavy an outside linebacker to me. Let's look at cornerbacks. The, the trickle here has the Broncos carrying six, including Chris Harris, Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, Isaac Yadam, and then Devontae Bosby and Lyndon Stevens. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about Lyndon Stevens other than he is kind of, uh, he's ha- he's got a little bit of experience in the NFL, let me just put it that way. He's kind of a journeyman, fringe, bubble guy, a futures guy, right? A kind of a perennial futures guy. But Trickle likes him, and uh, he, th- he would see him there as opposed to Elijah Holder. Now, I think Holder, if as it stands currently in May, if you're looking at, you know, stock, so to speak. I think Holder probably has more stock right now than Lyndon Stevens, but there's still a lot of football left to be made or played. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. If they keep six, I think uh, Holder has the upper hand in that aspect. But, I mean, in, in Chris Harris Jr., Bryce Callahan, and Kareem Jackson, you have three good outside guys and two elite slot guys. And then you have Yadam, and then you have Bosby. It, again, how many more players do you need at that spot? Ultimately, uh, of course, Donatel will have his input there and Fangio, uh, but I would prefer to keep five. I don't know much about Lyndon Stevens. If he has a good preseason, maybe he'll sneak on there. It's just you have so many good players ahead of him, Chad. For what it's worth, I've heard nothing but good things about Bosby so far in OTAs. That you know he's been playing in in with the first team defense because of Chris Harris' absence, and he has looked the part thus far. It's looking like that. Those reps and that experience playing against not a necessarily elite level competition in the AAF, but that next level better than, you know, in a lot of senses, college has helped to kind of hone his skill set. I'm really interested to see what he can bring to the table this year, Zach. Yeah, and, and all the different, you know, the scheme fits they have with the different things they can do moving around corners. And he, and he was a ball hawk, which is what I liked. And that's what the, the Broncos need. Yep. They didn't have, didn't have many turnovers, and they needed those those generated from the secondary. So he's the sleeper here. I think he can hold down that dime spot, the number five spot, and you can do without adding a six onto the 53. Safeties, he's got the Broncos keeping four. One of the guys who's going to be on the outside looking in, the Broncos made an investment in, that's Sua Cravens. Trickle has him not making the active roster this year. He's got Justin Simmons, Will Parks, Jamal Carter, DeMonte Thomas as the four straight-up safeties. And, of course, we know Kareem Jackson's going to be playing a little safety too, but he's accounted for Jackson in the cornerback group. Yeah, see, this is where I would take one corner away and just add another safety here. It's just they have so many, you know, good prospects. I, I would keep Cravens on the roster. It's just another guy, uh, you know, barring his attitude, that I'd like to see thrive under Vic Fangio or potentially so, and playing that dimeback role. I mean, they don't have, they didn't draft a a true safety. They didn't draft a true inside linebacker, and Sue Cravens can be those things for them. So if they want to keep all five, I have no problem with that either. 
I don't, as it stands in May, I'm not opposed to that either. But also, if you take away one of those corners and keep five, maybe you can keep Brett Rippon and not risk him to the waiver wire. That's true. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. And then, of course, the three specialists, even though the Broncos are bringing a little competition in for a couple of these guys into training camp possibly this year, he's got, of course, Brandon McManus, Colby Wadman, and Casey Kreider as the specialists there. Yeah, I, these are pretty, you know, pretty three locks here. I just, I have a funny feeling Kreider's going to be replaced at some point. I don't know why uh, McMahon is going to make every player work for their spots here. No one's guaranteed anything, but I do have a feeling there's going to be a change there at the snapping spot with Kreider. I think it's interesting that they've got Taylor Bertolette in there still pushing McManus. Right. And for, McMahon, for a second time. Yeah, and McMahon talked about one of the reasons why He's doing that just because, you know, maybe he's not planning on, you know, really taking the spot from McManus this year. But if things go south you know, on like a mental level for McManus, he slumps in the middle of the season. You know, at least McMahon and the Broncos know that there's a kicker out there that they have some experience with, who they're familiar with, they're comfortable with. They could call in kind of like Wadman did. Like he, Wadman was a backburner guy for, for McMahon last year, too after Marquette King, after things kind of hit the skids with him. And that's kind of the same thing they're doing here with Bertolette. He's a fail-safe. They're getting a look at him, see if they're comfortable with him. And that's only in the event, Zach, that things go sideways with McManus in the season. I don't expect there to really be any competition for McManus this summer. But it's the last summer, I think, that he's going to be given that kind of benefit of the doubt. If he doesn't crush it this year as a kicker, then I think the Broncos are going to really look hard at making some changes there. Yeah, it's a great point. You always want to have a guy or two on speed dial, an emergency dial during the season, and Bertolette can be that. You know, maybe I'm completely wrong here. It's just a feeling I have, but I do think there's going to be a change sometime along the, before year's end. And McMahon, he just has intimated that, Chad, in his press conferences, that he's not totally happy with this group. So if they keep struggling, I think he'll pound the table to Elway to, you know, make some moves. Well, they signed that Boban Moyer guy from Northern Colorado t- as a tryout player during rookie minicamp, but he was not one of the guys they chose to offer you know a deal to come in as one of the 90 and go into the offseason program and come into camp. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it doesn't sound like if that's the case, they're kind of looking at guys that are on other rosters right now hoping they get cut. Right. You never know. Yeah, he could be safe, and they brought him back on that tender. But, you know, like I said, McMahon is going to make him work for every single spot there, every single day. Now, talking about projecting a way-too-early practice squad is not the sexiest topic, but it's <laughs> still, you know, it's worth a conversation while we finish up this episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Of course, 10 players can be carried on an NFL practice squad. Here's who Eric Trickle has the Broncos carrying in his way-too-early prediction. Of course, Brett Rippon, because he chose to keep only two. River Craycraft. I'm not positive, though, that Craycraft has any practice squad eligibility left, but I'll trust Trickle on this. Trinity Benson, the undrafted rookie receiver. John Leglew, the offensive tackle. Quinn Bailey, offensive lineman. Ryan Crozier, who's more of a center, but also interior offensive lineman. Joe Deneen, a player that I think has a really good opportunity to make this active roster as, as one of the off-ball linebackers if he crushes training camp this year. But he's got him at least going on the practice squad, followed by Elijah Holder, the corner, Trey Johnson, the corner, and then Trey Marshall, the safety. And the last of them, I mean, Trey Marshall is a guy that I have maintained kind of a little bit of a, call it a fringe practice squad crush on. I like Trey Marshall. The opportunities we've gotten to see him play, I think he's done really well. And he's a former five-star recruit 
kind of flamed out. There were some health issues there for him at Florida State. Broncos signed him as an undrafted rookie last year, and the opportunities that he got, he looked good. It's just that the Broncos have a lot of similar kind of former undrafted guys with upside already ahead of him on the depth chart, Zach. Well, Chad, let me say what an amazing looking practice while this is. <laughs> this comes to fruition. There's just so much talent here. Uh, I, I mean, I would not be opposed to it. There's uh, Top to bottom, these are all players that would make sense. I happen to think, though, I'm with you. I think Rippin, Marshall, Deneen, they these guys, some of these guys that he has listed on the practice squad, some of these guys will be on the 53 or at least a couple, at least one or two. There's always that surprise in the summer. You know, last year was Philip Lindsay. There's going to be a, a play a playmaker here among the bunch. If it stands out like this, though, I mean, this is a, a, a long-term developmental lineup that you can really pull talent from. There's a lot of promise here. Well, it will not be the last time we do a prediction for the 53, but, Zach, it's probably going to be maybe July, maybe when training camp kicks off is the soonest that our listeners can expect to hear us do another 53. And then, of course, guaranteed, we'll do one before the final cuts take place at the end of August. But that'll do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Do not forget to uh, leave your creative review and five-star rating on iTunes. It's a huge help for Zach and I in terms of growing and helping us reach new listeners on iTunes. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad and Jensen. We will be back tomorrow with a VIP edition of the Mile High Mailbag, answering the questions of our great subscribers. Until then, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.